Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast, a podcast where every other week I interview some of the most inspiring women working in data. They discuss how data is used in various industries, share their knowledge and experience in the field, and equip you with tips to help you overcome challenges on your career and feel great. Let's get straight to it. Hello, hello, and welcome to a co-hosted episode of the Women in Data podcast. I feel like we haven't done a co-hosted episode in a while now. Maybe the last one was in July. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Hi, everyone. But <laughs> yeah, I think it's been a bit too much time. But we had such amazing guests that, you know, we didn't have enough time to just chat the two of us. Exactly. That's the problem we have. It's so many amazing women out there who work in data. And I, I wish I could record an episode every day, but I do not have time for that. And you do not have time for that either, no, Cecilia. I know. I know. I actually had a talk with my boss the other day and said, well, I wish I could do more episodes, but I also have a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> I hear your pain. Uh, I'm not working right now, but I still find it quite uh, intense. Yes. <laughs> um, today, we're going to talk about such an, uh, an amazing topic. And a few years ago, basically, I ran a survey where I wanted to identify the challenges that data professionals were facing because I was thinking, what kind of content can I create to support people? And obviously, full-time jobs plus podcasts and that. It was a bit difficult <laughs> to, sure. to do that. But um, I still had the survey, did a bit of things. And what came out of that, that really, I was going to say surprised me, but it didn't really surprise me because, you know, I've been there, is that 70% of the responders said that the, the main challenge they were facing was the lack of definition in their role and in their career. So also when we did uh, we did the mentoring competition last mm -hmm. month. I feel like there were a lot of common themes around that. So I, I would love for us to just talk about that on the podcast. Yes. So I think that's a subject that many of us have been there. Um, I've been in so many jobs where I was unsure of what exactly was expected of me in big structures, smaller structures. It doesn't matter. Talking about how you feel and what happens, how is your performance managed, it's sometimes a bit difficult, I guess. Mm. So in this episode, we're going to discuss clarity on your role and highlight the importance of it and uh, maybe share a bit of strategies on how to get around it, how to gain a little bit more clarity when, you know, when you don't really have any expectations or, or you haven't received any expectations from your manager or from your leader. Yeah, I, I can't wait to dig into that. But I guess before we get into the topic, I just wanted to give a, a special thank you to Caroline Pankers, who has been on the podcast before. That was a, a while ago, bang during the pandemic, I think. And Caroline is the founder of Be Braver. That's a community, basically, that supports women. Uh, she does a bit of coaching as well. And Caroline basically works with us on this episode to Because one of the modules that Caroline talks a lot um, in the Be Braver Collective is on clarity. So we just thought we were going to ask her some questions around that so she can help us where we were lacking some some strategies. So massive thanks to Caroline who helped us with that. 
Yes, that's amazing. She did send us some really interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. So I, I think before we get into, Cecilia, you're going to talk in a moment about the, the impact of the lack of clarity, and we're going to share some strategies as well to overcome mm-hmm. that. But I felt like it was very important for us to talk about why it is so common in our industry. So as, as I said, from the small survey that I did, that was definitely 100% representative of all the women who work in of data. Course. Of course. <laughs> Um, so what what came from that is 70% of us felt like we were lacking career definition and clarity in, in that sense. And this is a conversation that came times and times when I was when I started my career, I mean, I had no clue what I was doing over the times as well, talking with managers, talking with other people, doing some mentoring. Everybody is trying to understand what it is that they are meant to be doing, why they are not getting promoted, how they can get promoted and, and, and all these things. So to me, things that I've identified in terms of why it's so common in careers in data is, first of all, the, the field moves at pace. Things change quite often. And what that means is that organizations are still trying to figure out what they are trying to do. Data literacy is not necessarily there. And that means that there is not enough support for data professionals when it comes to defining their, their career. I think there is a clear path for a lot of careers, a lot of professionals. But when it comes to data, the path is a bit all over the place. So trying to understand how you can go from here to here is difficult. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I mean, I've, I, I know that I, I can speak for myself in certain organizations where it was a creation of a job. So they don't know. They just want someone to come and fill that space, fill that void and help them get from point A to point B. But the path to get there, we don't necessarily have it. So it's it, it's it's sometimes a bit yeah frustrating and they just don't know. It's not that they don't want to share, it's just they don't know. Yeah, very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think one of the, the byproducts, well, not a byproduct, but another thing that adds to that is, you know, in a lot of organizations, the lack of data literacy and the lack of mm. proper leadership means that data analytics teams or data other data teams are often used as a service team. So people will come, have a request, and mm. it's really difficult to see a career path when all you're doing is answering tickets or <laughs> or addressing tickets on, on the daily basis or, or questions that, that come across. Um, so that's another one. And I think I, I touched on the leadership so many strong but like very strong technical individual contributors are being promoted to their role of manager without having the proper manager training uh, or without really knowing that management is where they want to be it just feels like the logical next step and that means that there there is no support from from that perspective and i think we talked a bit about that in um the episode 82 of the podcast with neve who was talking about how she moved into management, if you remember well, and then going yes, back to the yes, IC. I do, I do, I do remember her talking about it, yeah. Yeah, and then the last one of that on that is one I'm very passionate about is it feels like managers in data are superheroes. Uh, we expect so much from the managers. They need to be strong at stakeholders management, people management, but they also have to do some IC work. And I'm thinking... How are we expecting managers to manage their team if they have to do so many different things? Sometimes it feels like they're doing 10 different jobs. So that's why I think um, we have this problem in, in our field in, in general. 
But Cecilia, what have you seen in terms of impact of this lack of clarity? Well, I think this is something I've, uh, I did a little list and I think those, <laughs> all of those things are the ways I felt, you know, when we were preparing this episode, it was all things that I've been feeling or I felt in, in previous positions. And, you know, in a way you can think that because you don't really have expectations or people don't have expectations of you, you can feel that perhaps you're going to feel a little bit liberated, but actually I just felt confused. Mm. I just didn't know where to go, which, what should I be prioritizing? What is the most important thing here? Where, where should we concentrate our energy? I just couldn't figure it out. And then because of that, I was just feeling very anxious about it. It will go from something very simple. So if, for example, am I supposed to be online from nine in the morning until five five thirty p.m.? I remember talking about that with yes. you. This is just <laughs> yes, this, this is your hospitality backgrounding. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I some things you know take time to take away the trauma, but <laughs> but it is. But it's one of those where it's like. It's, it feels too small to discuss with someone in the SLT or someone else in the team. But also, well, I want to know what is expected of me. Am I supposed to be sitting on the chair or can I just do my thing? Um, and actually, I was preparing this episode again. I was doing a bit of research and found out that um, 31% of employees in the UK attribute stress to the lack of control and lack of support uh, wow. in their jobs, which I thought was quite big. I mean, you know, you can be stressed because of your workload or or long hours or whatever it is, but because of lack of control and support, I feel that this is fairly easy to fix. Mm-hmm. I, I think also sometimes you can also feel that, you know, because you don't have support, or, or control, or you don't have all of those expectations, you can feel a little bit unsafe or like unsure of what exactly is your role, where you should be going, where you could grow. And I guess it also impacts a little bit on your performance. And mm-hmm. like we said before, you know, the priority setting, What, where do we want to go from there? So Karen and I have put together a few, uh, well, with Caroline's help, a list of a little, um, of a few, of, of a few tips on how to get over that, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and when I was listening to you, I was thinking, oh, uh, yeah. So when you mentioned the impact on performance, I'm thinking what that does to motivation, actually, mm-hmm. uh, the motivation to do your work, pursue your career is quite big because if you don't know what people are expecting from you, how you can get to the next step, what the next step should be. Yeah, as you said, stress uh, and low motivation, definitely. When we were looking at the strategies, we felt like we would split it in three (laughs) different parts. So research and data collection for the first one, uh, consolidating your finding and crafting your your role. Uh, I love the word of crafting your, your role. That, that's such, um, a visual one for me. Uh, and then the last one is identifying a, a way forward. So in terms of research and data collection, Cecilia, do you have any views on that? I think you need to go back to basics. 
communication is key, definitely key here. So go back to HR, understand how are the system or processes in place, what kind of research can they provide you? Perhaps there's already a personal development plan. Sometimes there is, sometimes there mm-hmm. isn't. I've been there. Uh, so, you know, what, is there any kind of template that can help you with that? Because perhaps even, you know, the person who you're reporting to don't even know that exists or hasn't even had the opportunity to search for it. Yeah, I, I think especially if no one has asked the question before, <laughs> that will definitely happen. While HR is a great place to start, uh, I think I, I would go to them first. I've also worked in many organizations that did not have a people or HR team. Uh, and <laughs> was, uh, yeah, especially yes, the, yes. The, the smaller <laughs> ones. <laughs> so what I found usefully in that case is just talking with the manager. And even if you go to, to the people's team first, speaking with your manager, I think it was one of the episodes with Neha Wadman where we talked about that. And also later in this month, I have an episode with Sumati where she's going to talk touch on the, her 90 days plan as well, but asking what it is that I should have achieved in the next X month for you to say that I'm successful in my role. And I feel like this is a really good starting point because maybe people are not voicing expectations, but they will have expectations of on, on what would look like. And then the problem is that you don't know that because they haven't translated it to you. So ask about that. If you're not currently employed, this is also a possibility, or you don't feel comfortable speaking with your manager. I know not everyone has um, an open and easy conversation with, with their managers, and it can also feel like a bit daunting to have this conversation. Reach out to your network, seek a, a mentor to be able to identify these things. Talk to a friend. Um, I, I think, Cecilia, you and I, we, we've been talking a, a bit about these things and, and just sometimes bouncing ideas is, has been quite helpful. Yeah. I think, I think that's really important what you just touched there about mentor or friend. I mean, obviously, it's no secret. We talk a lot. <laughs> Uh, and we talk a lot to each other sometimes. But I also have, for example, a couple of people that are not even in, this, in the data industry or not, uh, or not in my company who I go back to and say, right, I'm going to need a little bit of help. Uh, I, I need a HR consultant. <laughs> I'm very lucky because one of my best friends is in HR and she's amazing and she's incredibly incredibly patient with me so that's really helpful just find and you know it doesn't need to be her but it could be anyone that would be in that kind of position or sometimes just having someone with a different point of view this is actually a really good shot so you know when i was talking about not having hr in the organization sometimes you can just reach out to someone else's hr i have a friend who was um there was a a situation of redundancy in her organization and there was no people's team and she had no clue what she she should do how she should handle this conversation and i I just connected her with one of our people's person and and they helped her out so i I think sometimes that that's quite handy yeah um yeah so aside from hr and the manager i think i mean i I can't talk about data without talking about stakeholders right uh so obviously sitting with with the stakeholders to understand what's important to them uh what their priorities are can also help you shape your your path and also gain some clarity so aligning i guess your role to 
what's important to them, then that means you're then helpful to your stakeholders um, and, and that can can help. Do you have anything else on that, Cecilia? I think the other thing, and again, going back to basics, go back to your job description. What does it say over there? I mean, I know that if I go back to my job description today, I'm in my position, it's been three, two and a half years. Oof. I'm pretty sure that it does. it's not necessarily exactly the same to what I'm doing right now. So I think, I mean, normally when you're trying to set expectations and clarity in your job role, you should probably try and do it in the beginning of the position. Mm. But, uh, you know, maybe going back to the job description and going, right, so what does this mean? How can I translate this in, in my day-to-day job and so on and so forth? With all of that, with everything we just said, this is basically, you can see it as a data gathering exercise. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. I love the idea of doing it at the start. So when you start the, the new role, I mean, the problem is that we just do it once we're there and we're like, hold on, uh, I'm not sure I'm doing what it is that I'm meant to be doing, but yeah. Yeah, hold on. I think I'm missing something here. Yeah, yes. let's change the ways of, of doing things and, and do it from the start. Going back to, so going into that second section, um, as you, as you described in the beginning. So consolidating the findings and crafting, crafting your role. So I guess after you gathered all of that data, you need to summarize expectations and standards based on everything you've discussed with the stakeholders, with your HR, if there is one, with your um, uh, with the person you're reporting to, if there is one, with your amazing friend in HR, with everything, uh, with everyone else. And what is it that you want? What, I mean, you got everyone else's information. Now it's up to you. What's What's important for you? So, you know, again, putting on boundaries for yourself and then gaining a little bit more clarity of, where you want to go yeah so that's getting the part of what the organization wants and then what you want and then smashing that together into a more consolidated piece i guess um yeah something i found useful as well and i hadn't come across it before i joined monzo is the um, the role framework before monzo i worked in very small organizations all the time and and we were just like you know (laughs) doing whatever and I had put in place performance development plan or personal development, not performance, personal development plans and, and all these things before. But I found that Monzo, the approach of understanding your role with the role framework to be, to be quite a, a strong one. And the one that you can do for yourself, if there is not one in place already in the organization is thinking about what are the skills and behaviors that are needed to be successful in your role based on all this investigation, data gather- gathering and summarizing that, that you've done in the uh, previously. And how I see this translating, so I, I know just talking about it like that, it seems a bit abstract. <laughs> um, so let me give you an example. And I'm going to take the example of a data analyst because this is what I know. But then <laughs> you can do your own examples and, and, and find what that means for you. So how I would see, for, for example, a skill that could be put in a framework for a data analyst and you can have a different list of skills. Don't make it too long because otherwise expectations are set a bit too high. 
but it could be, for example, being proficient in SQL coding or in manipulating data. That mm-hmm. could be a skill. A behavior could be being able to communicate results in an effective way to stakeholders. On top of that, what I would do is just think about what good looks like, um, because we can say, yeah, manipulating data, that will mean something different depending on what level you're at at your career. So collecting what good looks like to attach that to the, the role framework would be um, a good one. Yeah, I do, I do like that. And I think you you mentioned it just now. Don't put too much expectations either because you don't want to, because then you're just going to flip on the other side of the coin. And that's not the point either. I think setting expectations and clarity to the point where you feel comfortable also in. But I think what is important here is you can set all of this up, but then think of also how you're going to measure that. How are you going to see in two months, three months, six months, a year, whatever it is, how are we going to see that you gain uh, the SQL coding that you needed? And I think something that could be quite interesting in this process is also to involve your manager in crafting what exactly good looks like in six months or whatever time frame you're looking for. Yeah, I agree because at the end of the day, the person who is measuring your performance is your manager and their manager as as well, depending on the the hierarchy you have in, in the business. So once you've done that, involving them to get validation that you're on the right path is quite important. I mean, if you gain clarity and then your clarity is different from the clarity of the organization, although having gathered the information, I'm guessing it will be aligned, but you do want to make sure you have validation on on that. So how would we move forward from from that thing? Right. So I think... Here is when you also have a bit of reflection and just um, understand a little bit. Well, first of all, what are your strengths? What are you about? What are you bringing to the table? And I'm sure everyone has their own. Where exactly is that you want to go? Where do you want to grow? Uh, In the same department, in a different department, in a higher position, in, you know, on a side, um, Mm. on, on a side position, whatever it is. Is there already opportunity to do so? Or maybe that's something that needs to be created. How can we create that? I think what is important here is to understand where you're coming from, where you want to go, how can you do that? And with that, setting up the goals with all of that reflection you've done so that you can continue growing and continue going forward. Yeah, I I love that. So setting the goals of the back of, of your framework and also looking at where your strengths are, where you want to grow and the the opportunities to to do that. Just want to add briefly to to that as well. So we spoke about the career framework, but putting together um a personal development plan of the back of your finding is quite impactful. And I realize, I mean, <laughs> now we're talking about that. I'm thinking this is a lot of work. I mean, career <laughs> development. <laughs> Career development is a lot of work, and and if you want to to succeed, then I I guess you need to to move for, from that perspective. It is a lot of work. It is very rewarding, but then also you know you don't need to do all of the things. You can just pick and choose. We're yeah. not we're not going to tell anyone off. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I know that in my development plan, what I do is I only put one or two skills for the, yeah. for the, not necessarily for the year, but for the quarter or the half so that I don't feel overwhelmed. There was a time where I had so many in there and what was happening is that no learning was happening. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. I, I find that focusing on one or two areas for development at, at a time is quite a, a good way to do that. And on the way forward as well, we, we did touch on it previously, but getting validation from your manager, getting the manager to review your plan, your framework, and um, how you're going to approach this and talk about it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it. It depends on how often you want to have the conversation, but I want to say at least every other month, mm-hmm. just to make sure that you're on track with your progress, that what you don't want to do is not talk about it for six months and realize, oh, I went off track and yeah. I, I still don't have clarity. So yeah. making sure you have regular conversations with your manager is, is quite key. Yeah, I quite like that. I think it's important. And yes, perhaps, I mean, you know, timings depending on the people and the co- and the companies and you know how often or how much you progress. If it's every other month, every month, I know that if it's too much, if if I'm having meetings about it too much, then I'm, uh, I would get a little bit anxious and mm. go, oh my goodness, I haven't started this. I should be already on the end of it or maybe not, you know, so I think... You need to find a good time frame for that too. Yeah, I, I guess especially if you want to go for a promotion, uh, you definitely want to have that conversation regularly and make sure you're on track. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think we're on time now. Oh, look at that. We are. I think what the only thing we would like to know now is, so what about you? What about you guys in the audience? What's What's your experience? Have you... Is there something else that we missed or that we can add? So make sure you put some comments in our LinkedIn post and then we can chat about it. Yeah, I, I would love to to continue this conversation on, on LinkedIn. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new guest. Until then, if you have two minutes, it would be great if you could leave us a rating or a review as it helps not only to make the podcast more visible, but also to enhance the content. If you don't want to miss the next episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are also on LinkedIn. And if you wish to, you can even register to the community for free. All you have to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. Have a great day.